Please listen carefully. Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where each week we pick a topic of interest to you, the working bass player, and we take it apart and look at it from a few different angles and hopefully explore some wisdom and some experiences that we've had and try and bring those together into advice that will help you take your gigs and your gear to the next level. Um, We hope that you will not just listen to the podcast, but also share it with friends and also let us know. Uh, what you think of the episodes and let us know what you think of the show. And for that matter, if you have topics that you'd like us to explore, we're always happy to hear from listeners. You can reach us in numerous ways uh, through our website, practicalbase.com, or you can email us at podcast at practicalbase.com. And you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus, Twitter, everywhere people are social. There so are we. And uh, I think for this episode, Dave, we're going to plunge right in. What I think you had kind of a a little story, a preamble, yeah. as a, it were. A little, yeah. So this one actually came about um, out of a conversation with a listener. Yeah. And uh, he and I were having a conversation about, um, he's a guitarist, um, at a, and he, he gigs pretty frequently, and he was talking about his frustration that he has with some bass players i'm i'm happy so this he's a listener of ours but mm-hmm. he's not a bass player he's mainly a guitar player he's a guitar player that's cool i really like to hear that because i mean i think yeah. we've always intended this show i mean we do talk a bit about like certain bass tech and stuff but we also yep. cover some general things that are not yeah bassy that are just say. around music in general yeah yeah and his um and he had a, a pretty strong suggestion and he he made a comment about how it's frustrating when he's playing with um, bassists that lack that, like that feel, that groove. Yeah. Right. So he's uh, and and specifically he was telling a, a story about a, you know, about this uh, Stevie Wonder Phil. Is this guy? Is he known? Is he is he known to one of us, Dave? Is he a, is he a guitar player now playing with me? Um. No. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> okay. Just no. that. <laughs> I love the neck can scratch. This, can you hear the neck scratch? That was great. <laughs> Things are getting a little heated in here. This is special effects. <laughs> Fully. Uh, no, but he, and he brought up a, com- he brought up something to me that I thought is, it. it's important to me and I don't think about it all the time. And, yeah. and his basis, obviously this is important, right? But it's, it's the whole topic of the importance of groove and feel. He was bringing up more, like specifically, I think what he was talking about was a, a feel of uh, the swing, you know, in a, in a Stevie Wonder fill or whatever. Um, but I think that like, you know, that that's just a tip of the iceberg when we talk about feeling groove. So this week's episode is, is about groove. It's about groove. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so just, I mean, kind of unpacking that a little bit. So, so yeah. what, what he was talking about then is like, you know, there's something that he was expecting, like a, like a feel right. basically from, a player and having it not be there. Like they didn't have that groove. Like they didn't feel like they were. Yeah. Like it said in the music where they should, it was be. a piece that was, um, where he knew specifically that, that the, the bassist knew the notes. Yeah. The notes were there. They were all yeah. there, every single one of the notes. And if you looked at like 
you know, online and you chart out or you, you know, look at the notes and you read it note by note and all the spaces. Yeah. It's there, but it's not grooving with what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there are these discrepancies that are, that feel uncomfortable yeah. or square. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, it's, it's a whole, like, I, I know for myself, like, this is something that I pride in and I know that you do as well because it's, one thing that I notice in your bass playing where it's, you know, whatever we do with our, you know, especially with covers or, or even if we're just in, in a, you know, jamming or whatever, like yeah. that there's like, at the end of the day, there's always groove. Like we're always fitting in, we're always doing something rhythmically that's bringing the song to another level. Right. Like that for me, that's, that's an important piece. Um, and it's definitely not like, a do you know the notes or do you know the groove battle it's not like a theory versus groove but i think the topic that we're we should explore really is just the importance of groove yeah because yeah. both are important right we right. shouldn't you know it's there's there's no doubt you should know your notes you should know the theory right but, but groove is like it's not an either or it's like groove is a requirement right you have to have that in yeah. order to be successful. Like you have to, yes. that is a skill that you have to learn. Exactly. And I think, you know, one of the important things to, to note here is this is not, I, I do think that there are people who are born with more musical talent than mm -hmm. other people. Right. I mean, just like individual people, I think. Yep. Some, you know, may have, some may have it innately. Some people don't. Right. It's just, it's luck of the draw. Yep. You know, who knows what it is. It could be, you know, what, what you're, you're what you're brought up to. with, yeah, right? What you're exposed, you're exposed to, that's right. To. It could be all of those things, all those things combined, right? Yeah. And maybe there's some spark that people carry with them, or it could be like an aha moment, and they kind of like get it. And then other people maybe have a harder time trying to break into that. But I truly believe that it is a skill that can be learned. Like I, I don't agree. think I don't think groove is something that it is impossible for people to learn yeah. how to do. I agree. You have you do have to practice. If it doesn't come naturally, you have to practice it. Yeah. But you can learn it. Yes. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I totally so, you know, interestingly, so I feel like this is a it is a practical topic, but it's interesting like how this topic has kind of come around to be one of those one of those topics that I mean, we really are going to be talking about some musical musical concepts mm -hmm. that we don't often cover here right like we right. we've usually done you know very technical topics or you know professionalism topics or organizational topics or habitual topics things that right. are all like maybe to help people be better professionals but mm -hmm. not necessarily talking about how to be better players yeah but this whole idea of groove i think everybody's got a different take in how they break it down like how they explain it to other people and maybe it's our time to kind of yeah. take a shot at it. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. I do feel like we're both fairly groove oriented. Yes. Players. And it, and it's funny if you look at like, um, if you were to Google, you know, people explaining groove, the funny thing is half of the time they put pocket in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which doesn't really, if you don't know what groove is, you don't, you're not going to find the pocket. Nope. You know, this pocket's like one of those like feel terms. Yeah. Um, so without using like without using the word pocket, 
when like when you're pro- like if you were to explain groove to either a non-musician or someone who's brand new yeah how how would you explain that okay so so i actually so you know confessional right i actually wrote you know some notes for the show and and i really thought about this oh you and prepared how, and how, yeah i, I tried <laughs> and I, i'm not sure i'm well prepared but i prepared something it's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a dish best served cold like revenge um but I, I, what I wrote down here is that it's a combination of instruments that are linked together in mm-hmm. what they're doing, but it is not the quality. It the quality is not playing everything precisely together. It's that you play together most of the time, but you also complement the other mm. parts at times. So it's kind of like a weaving in and out of togetherness and not togetherness, but always in tempo. Right. Right. Like you can't be not together in terms of like not hitting the beat on time. Right. With, and I will make an exception, right. There is a way that if you work very hard at, this is like another level of skill. Yeah. There is a way that you'll hear about people playing, um, a, a behind there is a behind the beat fill a feel right. that you can do as a bass player right and yeah. and as a guitar player right where the drums kind of set the pace and everybody plays like i mean it can be quite a bit i mean yeah may, not a whole bar but like the guy hits the one and then you're maybe a 16th behind it yeah. or a 30 second behind it and if everybody in the band is on that tip, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, if this is completely not connecting with you as a listener, go buy every D'Angelo album right, right now. Yeah. If you haven't heard them and you're a bass player, you're crazy in my book. I mean, okay, you're not crazy. <laughs> we love you. You're a listener. But I'm telling you right now, and I think Dave, you'll back yeah. me up on this. Oh, if you 100%. want to hear this at work, go go buy that. And like, I think Pino was like on his Do first you know, album, right? Um. Yeah, and I just um I heard a conversation about one of those recordings uh from a drummer. Yeah. Who is not in the neo soul like arena. Yeah. But they brought him on. I think it was a drummer, maybe bassist. No, it was a drummer. And they were asking him to go back further. They were like almost yeah. like a half a beat. And yeah. the drummer did the best that he could. Yeah. And they actually mixed it. It's in the mixing. Yeah. And they it's like all post-recording yeah that they went in and they pulled it back even further yeah which is yeah. mind-blowing because yeah. it works it's super groovy yeah yeah it totally does i mean it, and and but you know live like you can watch like his band will oh yeah do this oh like, they got it do it yeah. live it's it's unbelievable to watch like to be precisely behind by that much consistently yep is pretty it's pretty incredible to, right. to feel it and, and so I guess that is, I mean, so my, my point was about groove is that, it, you know, that, that may be an exception, right? Like, and it's done for style reasons, but mm-hmm. for the most part, the, it, it is, it's kind of a linking of instruments and right. it's like a, it's like a linking and an unlinking that happens where it's mostly linked together. And then sometimes it's not, yeah. but it's always, you're always with each other in terms of like where you're going. Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me, I had a, um, at a college professor who did like a kind of a percussion class or music yeah. of the world or whatever. And he, he wrote this book and it was about what he defined. This was in the mid nineties. 
he defined it as participatory discrepancies. Oh. It's these, like, as yeah. musicians, we get to this point where we can create these discrepancies yeah. purposefully. Yeah. Or sometimes not purposefully, but it's like two horns playing together. Yeah. Like, um, you know, in a lot of like Miles Davis albums, like just you have those like two horns playing something slowly together. Yep. And that creates something. And I think rhythmically that does, you know, it's very, it's, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I mean, it really is about, it, you know, it's exactly what you said. It's this, you know, you're kind of like, you're, you're making things different, but you're doing it in very judgmental ways. Like, right. I'm going to do something a little different here, but you fit that into an overall strategy of being together. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, almost like, I mean, I guess you could think of it like, it's kind of like complimenting fashion wise or whatever, like, okay, you've got this color, but then the thing that makes something look good fashionably is not that everything is the same color. It's that you complement the color in different ways, different shapes, right. you know, different textures, whatever. Right. Right. I don't know that much about fashion, but I will ask my niece whether she would agree with that. She is a fashion and merchandising major in college. Merchandising. Merchandising. Sorry. Yeah, the moich. <laughs> she does the moich. Yeah, and for me, it's it's very similar. It's just maybe in just in a different light because I think groove is something we try to like, you know, envision our own mind. And yeah. for me, it it is always about a communication between the musicians that are playing. Yeah. Um, in a way where you are stretching, but it's it's a communication and it's a dance between each other's notes. Right. It's like all the little thing, all the small things that kind of happen, right? Um, intentionally, yeah. Like the things where you can read a drummer and kind of like compliment the fill that they do, right? And you do it at the moment that they do it, yes. And it, and you just like look at each other and you're like, that was that was good. Yeah, that's to me. That's where like um, where it actually where it happens, um, and then you can. You know, and and there's communication. It's a it's a dance between different notes, and if the guitarist is pulling yeah. in, and the more people that are pulling into that, or the vocals are bouncing in and out of what's going on. Yeah, it's that whole like it to me. It just becomes like a, a dance, and and that the not only the not only the musicians, but or me for me, it's like um this like the the symptom of it is that if it's not bad but if but the symptom is that you see the the musicians and and the listeners kind of fall into it yeah that they're almost in a, in a you know not necessarily in a trance but in a dream state yeah yeah where they're just falling into it well i mean that's that's what the that's where the dancing comes from right i mean when people right. can't stop moving their feet because you know it connects with them that's right, right. i mean that's that's sort of the the dream state yes, you're talking about. Not exactly. to get too mystical or anything. No, but yeah, no, it's no. like it really is like there's a connection because we have this like there's a primal thing that right. does take over that we really, you know, rhythm connects with people. And yeah. And when you have groove, right, the groove comes out of the rhythm. And that's why I really think of it as like it every instrument can be part of the groove, but if the bass and drums are not part are not grooving it doesn't really matter what else is going on. Like right. if the drums and the guitar are the only people grooving, it's not going to work. Yep. If the drums and bass are grooving, the guitar can be like, Oh, it's, it's sometimes groovy, sometimes not. But I mean, things will more or less work. Yeah. I mean, it really is about the, the rhythm and the low is like, that's, that's where we get that response from. 
So in so in that light, then do you feel not to like pitch one against the other, but do you feel that groove is more important to you over nailing like the notation, like the specific notes yeah. that you're covering or whatever you're doing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. almost always. Mm-hmm. And you know, I there are times where I will, you know, be slavish about learning. I'm going to learn this song because you know I've got to learn it for some gig or whatever. Yeah. And you learn certain parts because you're like, okay, well, this riff is like an iconic riff. That's right. If you don't play <laughs> right. that, it's not going to work. Like, there's only so, like, I think there's only so much liberty you could take with something like, say, Flashlight. You know what I right. mean? Right. And have it, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could play with it, but to an extent, like, that's mapped out because people, like, it's so perfect. Yes. What are you going to do that's going to be better than Right. flashlight you know what are you yep. what are you gonna do that's gonna be better than that that's gonna really take it to the next like oh yeah i'll take this to the next level yeah right i'll show those guys right, <laughs> like, right. really right like then okay. go write your own song yeah par- right okay yeah now, parliament they could use some schooling apparently like, yeah really no nah, no nah, sorry but you know there yeah. so there you know there's things like that like you there are some things that you want to nail but on the other hand there's also things where you can kind of like you know, there might be a stutter here or a, you know, or a, uh, you know, a grace note or a, uh-huh. a ghost note that you have here or there that right. kind of gives it your own, your own feel yes. in, in that, right. in that moment. And that'll work too. Right. So. And, know, I, and that might be a reaction yeah. to something that the drummer is doing. Yeah. Like right? they might be, they might have like their own little 5% or 10% mm-hmm. that they put in. And if you listen to that, you might pick up on, oh, well, if I vary my thing, maybe not exactly the same way, but I might find my thing that puts just a little, puts a little right. spice on it. That's sort of, you know, my individual stamp for tonight. Yeah. That right? complements what's going on because it's still communication. Even when you're yeah. covering something so specifically, yeah. like you still want to make sure there's that there are those open lines of communication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, absolutely. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page for sure. I mean, I think, you know, um, I always think of it this way. Like, um, you always have like these, um, as basis, I think we find these little fills that we do. Yeah. yeah. That's like our room for freedom. Right. Those are our like little mini solos that we get. Right. And we practice these like right. in our closet or in yeah. our basement alone quietly. And then when we go out to a gig, like, Ah, uh, we throw out these like you little can pull pills, it in, like, in, uh, in yeah. the right moment or something. And maybe you have like this amazing fill that's just like ah, uh, like seventy-five notes in two bars. Oh, right. And it's probably not a good idea. But really, when it's not a good idea, <laughs> is when you can't come back. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And that's where it's like, are there too many notes? Are you do like, or are you like, so focused on exactly like the notation that you're? Forgetting the big picture that it's, it's it's like number one, don't do it. Don't number, do it. Two, number two, if you do do, do it, it, make sure you get back on the one. You better <laughs> be back on the one, man. You better be like reining it in yeah. and hard. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I think it was like a, a lesson early on when I first started uh, learning how to slap years ago, right? Yeah. Just like playing around yeah. and, and a teacher right. said, told me, uh, yeah, like whatever you do, focus on the low note. Yeah. Like all that high stuff, it's cool, but think of them as like ghosts. Think of right. them as like complimentary, but really like you're there to keep that bottom, like keep that thing, keep the machine rolling, you know, keep yeah. the groove. 
you know, I'm, I'm air quoting here. Keep that groove going. Yeah, that was a great tip, actually. That really is a great tip about like, you know, it's all about, you still have to be the foundation. Yeah. And the more you're flying around doing these other things, the more that foundation is gone. Right. You know, and you know, that people are dependent that on that yeah. to be in that, you know, and again, in that sort of that dream state, you know, that trying to make magic primal, out of the song. Yeah. That primal yeah. rhythmic thing. And that's right. And if you take it away for too long, yeah, it, it just, you know, yeah. it's gone. And meanwhile, like on the other side, like I feel like, um, maybe it's that the older that I get, but, um, which is another lesson that I got early on, which, um, I remember a friend of mine who's a jazz guitarist and I was, I started to get a little fancy yeah. in my notes, you know, yeah. You get started, all of a sudden you get fancy real quick, right? Yeah. A lot of notes, yeah. Yeah. really cluttery. And he was just like, you know, you should just try to play one note and like play it every different way that you can inside the beat and just play with it, like be elastic about it, yeah. right? Like do different things with that one note. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so boring, right? But now like one of the songs that I've been listening to, um, it's an older song, it's the... Uh, uh, Jacob Dylan, um, one headlight. Yeah. Right. And mostly cause I've been getting into the drummer of that, yeah. like that band, the drummer is yeah. just like crazy, but now I'm listening to the bassist who's just going, right. Right. You know, just like, right. And it's all texture. It's and very rhythm. solid. Like, very yeah. solid. Yeah. Yeah. And you and know, that gallop, like that is the signature of that song. Like if you start playing that, you can play it in a different key and people are going to remember, oh, this is that song. Yes. They still know it. Yeah. Right. And it might sound boring because basis, we have a job. Yeah. And you could look at it as boring, but really it's like super foundational. There's a there's also a freedom in it. There's a, a brilliant column. So the, the new bass player magazine just arrived today mm -hmm. or yesterday. And Ed Friedland... Um, he plays with like, I guess the Mavericks and, you know, mm -hmm. God knows how many other people. Right. He's like a big educator. He's, he's played with everybody. Yeah. You know? And, um, he wrote this column about being like, you know, the guy with no face, right. Or being no one. It's like right. being, you know, like, right. The, the kind of Game mm -hmm. of Thrones, like, right. you know, sort of you're, you don't really have an identity yeah. sometimes on the gig and like, right. you're just there to basically play like. Rude and five in some of these gigs or yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but he was saying there's a freedom and there's a beauty in connecting at that level and just playing that perfectly instead of, you know, playing around, yeah. um, doing this and that, and like putting your stamp on it, like definitively not putting your stamp on it, definitively right. just being there to, to play that part in, you know, grooving hard. And yeah. not drawing attention to yourself, but instead making sure that it goes to the the singer, right? Or yep. whoever the front person is or whatever, and not distracting from that. Yep. There's a there is a uh like a sanctity to that as well. It's not that you can't it's not that you can't do something else, it's just sure. that like that has its own special magic. You know? We you know, we have this place um, as musicians in general, right? Not just as bassists, but bassists, I think it's it's different because we automatically have that role. So it feels like we, um, at least for myself, let me not throw us all in there, but it, it feels a place where it's just like, oh, 
I want to make sure that I, like I do this exactly as like boom, like I'm nailing yeah. this, and like yeah, maybe nobody hears, but I hear it. Other bassists will hear it. Whatever. But where it gets for me, like it speaks exactly to that. Where sometimes I'm in these like this mental state where it's like I'm gonna do something so foundational, yeah, and so like as you say, like just kind of nameless, right? But just really, like I'm gonna nail this on point, yeah. And it's really fulfilling, yeah. Like I'm just gonna pour concrete. That's what I'm gonna do yeah. right now. And and it's it's definitely a selfless act, yeah. But if yeah. you just turn it around as like if if it's important for you to be you know, selfish or, you know, that you want to let your ego in, you can, you can let your ego in there also, yeah. right? Like you can define that that's what's important for yeah. me yeah, and just crush that. Yeah, like and you, everybody yeah. loves that in a band. Yeah. Like you've redefined the game at yeah. that point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you, have you ever been, so have you ever been in a situation where like the groove was really the central thing and, mm-hmm. and it went, it went sideways on you <laughs> like, or you went sideways on it. Or, oh yeah. Both. Um, you know, one of the first things I could remember, um, where it came to light for me was, um, back in my salsa days where, uh, it was either, I can't remember if it was a sub for me or I was watching somebody else subbing for somebody in another salsa band, whatever the case was, it was a bassist who I could clearly tell that they, they, they didn't play that genre. Yeah very like well studied they knew their they knew their you know their music yeah for sure yeah jazz musician probably and it was and it it was uh it basically derailed everything um that was going on and and the and the reason is because they were playing all the right notes yeah but in salsa they call it um like a el cruce which is that you've you've crossed the the clave. Yeah. And they just call it like the cross. Yeah. It's like the death. And because it's a two, three, three, two rhythm yeah. and all this yeah. like technical stuff that you're not really supposed to think about. You just feel, but technically there is something going on. And once you play these, if these notes that you're playing, um, and they're usually like, you know, root fifth octave, right. Right. Back and right. forth like a bell. But if you play them straight, you're yeah. you're gonna go right into that gruse mode. Yeah. And I saw it firsthand where I'm like, oh, that's how like rhythmically you can completely like, you know, derail a situation. Yeah. Where yeah. no one no one knows where they're at, where yeah. the listener can't even tell where's the start of the phrase. Right. Right. You know, and that's very exaggerated. But those that's Latin music. I mean, Latin music kind of has that thing where it's like if you press play in the middle of a salsa tune, it it's possible you're not gonna know where you're at rhythmically. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be completely lost and disoriented. Yeah, it like, takes a while to I? find the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, but I, I also, um, I I remember very clearly um, a moment where I was with this drummer who I, I really, I'd been looking forward to playing uh, music with him and it was a new project. I didn't know anybody there. And out of nervousness, I think I was, I guess I was overplaying. Which is something that happens, right? Yeah, Where yeah. you're just like, you don't know. And so, you know, I thought I would get, again, like fancy note. Right, right. One of my air quotes. Fancy note. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he pulled me aside after like the first little run through of music. And he wasn't very wordy, but he said, hey, maybe just less notes. 
<laughs> and I looked at him like confused and maybe shattered somewhat. And he saw my look yeah, and then he yeah. clarified and he said, play for the song. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. We're yeah. good friends now. Yeah. But like that moment changed a lot for me because yeah. it just stayed in my head. And it, it you know, and it's, a, it's a little bit of a different topic, yeah. but it was what he was looking for. Was He's a pocket drummer and he was yeah. just looking for groove. He was be in the pocket with me. He was listening yeah. to, yeah, be in the pocket with me, man. Like, yeah. let's support these great musicians that are playing with us. Yeah, and that, did, that, did that happen to you like pretty young? Like, um, it happened to me, I would say about uh, within the past, it was maybe 10 years ago or so, yeah, yeah. Where, where I just started so really like advancing. 17. Yeah, like 17. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, 17. Um, but it was a huge, you know, and, and we get those moments that are super humbling, yeah, you know, and make yeah. us think about yeah. what that what that is. That literally almost that exact same thing happened to me. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, analogous to it, right? I was right. like, I was in my first... I guess, quote, real, unquote, band. I, yeah. I actually, like, I got recruited by this band and they were already doing gigs and so forth and they were losing their bass player for a couple reasons and um, somehow we got connected and and they asked me to join up. And, you know, I went to the first rehearsal having, you know, I did a blistering amount of homework. Like, I learned all these songs. They had, like, you right. know, 30 original songs they did plus a bunch of radio hits and stuff. Oh, wow. And... So I learned all that stuff, showed up, and I felt really, really confident. And I'm at this point, I was like, I think I was 24, mm-hmm. I think I was 23 or 24. Okay, I hadn't been playing that long, like maybe five or six years or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so we got started. We you know we launched in the first one. I started playing. I'm you know digging in, and I I was not. I don't. I wouldn't say I was playing overly busy, mm-hmm. uh, but you know there the music had kind of struck me. It was kind of this punky thing. And I was just like playing basically like, you know, those right. machine gun eights or whatever. Sure. Nah, 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 you had the nah, confidence nah, and you yeah. were going, you were putting everything out on the yeah. table. And yeah. And the drummer's like, and the drummer's like, stop, stop. He's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Let's start over again. Start over again. And so he's, he's like, I need to listen to what, what's going on and hear what's happening. Start over again. Well, I know that moment. We get like eight, you know, eight, <laughs> ten bars in, and he's like, "Stop, stop, stop!" Uh, and I was like, "Oh God!" I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, "There's no way they do this every rehearsal, right? right. Who's who's the variable here?" Yeah. Right? He takes his drumstick. He's literally like, he points it at me. He says, "You yeah. hear this?" And he points the drumstick downward at his foot. Goom, 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 right, goom, goom, you know, or whatever the yep. pattern was. And he's like, "Do that." Let's start yep. again. And that was it. That was the lesson, right? right? And it was <laughs> it's hilarious. Funny. It's funny how our drummer stories are very similar. Yeah. Well, a few of words. And- it's the great drummers like that. You know, playing yeah. with a great drummer is the biggest gift you can get as a bass player. And that's like, like that's lesson number one right there. Like that's evidence. Yeah. And so, you know, from that moment on, always, you know, that kick is, you know, is, is my go-to. Right. That's my go-to place. It doesn't mean that like you only have to play on the kick but what it is is like if you're not making the 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 kick beats if that's not your mantra in whatever you're doing right you're not grooving right Right. like it doesn't mean that you have to it doesn't mean you have to land every single time the kick lands and it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do anything else but if that's not guiding what you're doing you're off in la la land yeah because there's cool stuff that you can do with groove in terms like you know um not to get we're not going to get overly like 
technical, but there's cool stuff that you can do with the hi-hat yeah, and yeah. other things that are going on that yeah. you can communicate with, but definitely the bass drum. Right. Like if, if you're, if, if you're listening and this is like a first time that you're going to be in a band or playing with other musicians yeah. as a bassist, definitely cue into the, to the yeah. bass drum. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's like, it's the signpost. And it's also yeah. why you like, you know, how, if you're a seasoned bass player mm-hmm. and you're playing with a drummer who is not seasoned, you know, like, I don't know, you end up yeah. with a jam or whatever, sure. like, you know, they want to play like yep. all over the place. And what you want to be able to impart is the same thing. It's yep. just keeping it simple is sometimes the most beautiful way to play drums. It's not the only way to play drums, but it is one very beautiful way to play drums when you're yep. just trying to like get acquainted musically or whatever. Right. You know, you have to be all over the place. And that, that too many notes yeah. thing is like, it's a, that's a thing that I've heard. I hear bassists do. Like I, I see guys who've been playing for 30 or 35 years or whatever. And they're like, like every song they have to play basically every note on the fretboard. And I'm like, yeah. you're not like, everyone's not here to see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you, Reel it back and, in. <laughs> and and it's like, I will say, um, because I think back, you know, uh, many years ago where there were bassists that were older than me and had more experience and they were playing up and down the fretboard, right? Yeah. And yeah. I thought this was like in jam band time. Yeah. And they, they really were advanced, like from what, from where I was, yeah. they were advanced. Yeah. So if like, if you are listening to this and you're like, wow, I think I'm one of those guys that like runs up and down. You know, at the end of the day, this is music, right? Like maybe this is your path. This is something you have to explore. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like the bebop jazz guys are like burning notes, right? Like they're on fire and they're nailing it. Right. And then you see them when they get older and they they just play slower, more intentional notes. Yeah. This might just be like where you are within your journey of music. Right. So there's no right or wrong. No, no. But like as a bassist, you know, I think the consensus is like eventually you'll find yourself in that place where it's less about how many notes that you're playing and more about where those notes are placed um, and about the space in between yeah. the notes. Yeah, yeah. I think when right? we when we err, I think as we get wiser about what we do, we tend to err on the side of less is more. Right. And that's why you hear that so often from people, less is more. And it's right. not a thing about... Well, less may be more if you can't play more. Well, that's not right. really the case, right? I mean, if you know how to play more, you still understand that like that space is what defines like that's define, right. you know, a groove or yeah. whatever. Which is something that I think we hear like, you know, we hear this as musicians, the the whole journey through you always hear less is more, or you know, it's maybe maybe for the first time you're hearing like, okay, this space is it's it's about the negative space, you know, it's all that. Um, and it took me a while as a musician to really understand what that is, but it's just I think a, a place, especially like when we're talking in relation to groove, you start to realize like, oh, like it's really funky when I'm like playing this note like super staccato, this yeah. one maybe muted, this one's long, you know, all this right. sets all, right. you know, during the course, these are nice and long and connected and sustained. And then I get to this part and then it's super tight and the drum right. does something different. That's really like tight on the hi-hat. And it's yep. like, all this stuff is going on. 
And that's where, for me, like the space starts talking to me. Yeah. And I start thinking about it instead of the notes that I'm playing, I kind of think of the space, the spaces, the notes that I'm yeah. playing. Well, I'll play. So here's an example. So I actually, so I, I oh, cool. pulled out a little drum loop today. Yes. And just did a quick example. Now this is, there's nothing special about this riff. It's literally like just a simple, like just kind of a simple bluesy riff. I didn't want to get like too crazy. But you know, keep it simple so people yeah. can hear the difference. And you're gonna hear basically like four, like four bars of uh, of one style, and then it's gonna switch up. Mm-hmm. The first four bars are gonna be basically without much space. It's, the riff is not bad. It's yep. I mean, here we'll play it, and it's gonna be in time. But it's kind of you know, there's no space. It's basically all note, right? So you know, you hear that like right. It's not bad. It's with the kick. I mean, but it's all note, right? right? But then you listen to switch. Right. Yep. And then you feel yep. that like that. That Drastic. makes me want to bob my head a little more. Yep. Drastic. There you go. There yeah. you go. Like that's that's an example, that's I think, of yeah. like what we're talking about about notes in space. Yes. So that was cool. That was a nice surprise. Yeah, I I did that today. I thought this Dave is gonna like this if I pull this out. Paul's always trying to throw me off. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Seeing if I can stay in the groove. But you're right. Podcast. I mean, it is it is really it really yeah. is about the space. So so one thing I want I want to ask you because um, mm-hmm. I I know how I was going to answer this, but. What, what do you think about metronomes? Like, how does this affect your groove skill? Like, right. how have you used a metronome? Have you? Is it good mm-hmm. for it? Is it bad for it? What's worked for you? Right, because, so, like, my initial, like, you would you would expect that a metronome would be really bad for groove because, in my mind, right, because it's so mechanical um, and just, so lifeless like it is just you know the hammering down it is what it is yeah it is what it is uh, uh, uh yeah uh, uh, just like over oh over. let me yeah let me bring life into that thing yeah you know yeah. um but i've learned over time that uh for me practicing with a metronome really has helped me develop um my internal timing yeah right like yeah. my own my own timing um, which is one aspect of it. So like, right to the secret. Yeah. It's a good and, secret. And, and I, sometimes I, it's like a muscle and sometimes I lose it. And then I have to go back to practicing, you know, more to a metronome to make sure that that thing stays right in line, right? Like recalibrating that right. thing inside my head, that clock, um, which gives me the power. Cause now right. I know no matter what right. we're doing, I know really where that that's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, w- no matter what I, anybody else is, Doing yeah. like I'm not maybe I won't stick to it because I'm gonna go with other people, but at least I know where that's at. Right. Right. Um, but the other side of it is that if you're playing to it, if you're playing to a metronome and you're doing it in in some sort of like swing or feel or some, you know, uh, whether it's drag or you're pushing intentionally and that's your practice, then you're learning how to fight that or how yeah. to like dance with it or play with it or yeah. create that elasticity. Right. Right. To that. 
Right. And then all you have to do is then when you're playing live with a drummer, if the drummer's solid, especially, and, you know, whatever they're doing, then you can, that's, you know, that's your new metronome. That's how you, that's how you learn to find pocket. Right. We've avoided talking about pocket, but that's how you find it. Basically, if you know, if you can measure (laughs) against an absolute, like tick, tick, tick in your brain, you can find the pocket. Right. With you know, with a good drummer. Exactly. I mean, just fall right into place. Yeah. You, pra- and, you practice with a met- metronome, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I have, I, I don't do it as often as I probably should anymore, mm-hmm. but I have like, well, there's, there's two things. Like I used, so I used the metronome when I, when I was starting out, it was right. absolutely important, but I mean, right. I, I grew up playing music in band Yeah, and we used to, you know, I used to practice scales and etudes and all these things to a metronome Yeah, to learn how to get faster you know, more dexterity when I was playing woodwinds, right? Yeah. I had to learn how to, you know, get my articulations going and then right. be able to do things quickly because sometimes you had to do these runs that are like, like right. you had to like, you'll be able to get your yeah. fingerings going like that. Yep. So I practiced with a metronome and speed it up over time and whatnot. And so I came to bass kind of already having yes. a, a bit of an internal metronome, right. but I still used it in order to like, learn the fretboard and play my scales and etudes and things like that. Right. The same way. Yeah. But I think there's two things about a metronome or, or two things metronomic. I think mm-hmm. they're good. Number one, you're not stuck with just using a metronome anymore. Like that, that audio thing yeah. you just stuck in. That's a, you know, that's a robot drummer from, right. You know, from the computer. Yep. And it sounds plenty good enough to. I mean, it, it's a real drummer. Yeah. It's a MIDI file that's good, that comes from a real drummer and a real drummer's uh, feel. So there is a pocket to it. It's not just like a computer on a, you know, on a clock. You're getting right. someone's real feel, right? And you can learn how to play against that pocket. You know, you can try all these different feels. It's a great tool. But I would yeah. say, you know, and those things are out there. They cost, you know, the good ones are going to cost you some some dough. If you don't have a lot to spend and all you can really get is like that ten or twenty dollar metronome, you are not up a creek because what you can do, uh, you know, I think this is a great tool is to generate that inner clock instead of having the metronome count off every beat. Yeah, switch it to halftime or or so it's only counting half notes. Yeah, or even one beat per measure, like gives you the one. Right, and as you get better, you kind of take away more beats. Right, and. The, uh, the other thing you can do is play around with what beat it hits. Right. Like learning to play where the metronome hits on the two and the four. Yes. Or just the two or something like that is just as useful. And it'll really, like, that is yeah. what will really end up cementing your time is like making yourself do that work. Yeah. And I think the um, having that freedom because you're not using other musicians' time. It's just you and whatever, like, device mechanism, computer, whatever it is. And if you can get those things that you can toy around with, exploit it. Yep. And like embarrass yourself. It's just you and the machine. Yeah. No one's watching. No one's watching. That's what practice is for. And like the beauty is like you can really start to play around with other things that I feel are important to groove like ghost notes. Yes. Pulling notes out. Yeah. You know, pulling out, you know, the third note where you normally wouldn't. Right. Throwing it back in sustaining one note, not sustaining one note. And then you can do things where you have something like this, where you've got a drummer that's, you know, that's just doing some pocket groove. Right. And it doesn't have to be that technical. Like you could even just do YouTube. Yep. And like you can YouTube drummers that are doing pockets for eight minutes. Yep. 
and play with that and try a different one. Like, don't yep. just get settled on that one. Like, try something, try a different style or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And, and toy around with it and figure out, like, how does my bass respond to these? Because it, it in every different situation, your bass con- responds completely different. It does yeah. something completely new and breathes a new, like, amount of life into something just by sometimes pulling a note out, the um, emphasizing one note more right. or giving it um, life as opposed to just like the straight note right. or the survival mode where you're just going from one note to another. Right, exactly. Which yeah, is really the, like a lot of that feel that comes into the groove piece. Right, right. I mean, that brings us all right back. I mean, to what this, the whole motivator here would, was, it's not just about the notes, it's mm-hmm. about putting some life into them. And, right. And that's what groove is all about is like, it gives the notes a life right that that goes beyond the the page or goes beyond the just the note names right exactly well what a great conversation man i i, I really I'm, I'm really glad that uh that we had this topic come in and you'll have to thank our listener yeah for us and uh i guess that wraps it up for this week um we have had an interesting time talking about this and i hope the listeners have enjoyed it too please let us know either way good or bad you can reach us at practicalbase.com, our website, or you can email us directly at podcast at practicalbase.com. If those don't work for you for some reason, you are welcome to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Google+, Twitter. We also have an Instagram account. You can send us pictures of your uh, your practice session uh, with your metronome grooving. I think that would right. be, I think that would be amazing if we got like a avalanche of photos of of friends and uh, fellow bass players kind of grooving it up. That would be pretty cool. Grooving selfies. Absolutely. Groove selfies. And uh, please make sure that uh, you share this with your friends and associates, your bandmates, and also that you subscribe. Make sure you hit the subscribe link. It's very easy. On any podcatching app out there, whether it's podcasts on your iPhone or iTunes on your Mac OS device, Google Play Music or Stitcher Radio on just about any platform or really just about any podcatching app that's out there. You can search for Practical Bass and then hit the link to subscribe. You'll get a fresh episode delivered to you every week for free. And we look forward to hopefully spreading some more good news about bass to you in the next episode. So until then, I'm Paul Freels. And I'm Dave Guzman. This has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Welcome to Practical Base, where we pick a topic and unwrap um, That's completely it. boring to normal human beings. Where and we, yet. <laughs> but we undress it, <laughs> pleasure it. <laughs> now I'm not going to do the intro. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about the whole time now. Welcome. <laughs> what have you done? You've just wrecked the whole thing. <laughs> oh my God.